The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 9 Power Rankings. We're about halfway through the season. I guess after this week we'll officially be halfway through the season for all teams. Everybody will have at least played 8 of their 16. Some teams will have played 9. And we're going to talk about some other stuff, too. You're listening, as usual, to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. Sam, how you doing, my friend? What is going on, buddy? I guess uh, not much is going on in the world. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's really up to anything this week yeah. of all weeks, the first week of November on the right. fourth year. Um, yeah, wild. Um, yeah, I guess we can kind of get into all, you know, whatever we want to get into a little bit later. But what I'm going to do now, as I usually do, Sam, I'm going to pull away, um, put you on mute, um, go through the power rankings, and we'll bring you back on. Sound good, buddy? Sounds good, brother. All right. NFL Week 9 Power Rankings. We're going to count down from 10 to 1, although I do have a tie at number 10, so there's actually 11 teams. Before we get rolling, I always give you the screen of respect. This time, I'm going to call it the three-loss screen. I don't have a single three-loss team in my uh, my top power rankings, so let's just talk about, in order, the three-loss teams that I wanted to, uh, to to feature in this week's respect screen. First, the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, People might think they're a flash in the pan. They play incredibly hard under Flores. They're one of my favorite teams to bet on to cover the spread. And if you haven't been paying attention, they have the number one scoring defense in the league right now. This defense is legit. They rebuilt it entirely. Can they run the ball with efficiency? No, they can't. So that's still a weakness. That's something they will address in the offseason. How good is Tua? We don't really know yet. They didn't have to really use him at all because they were beaten up on the Rams pretty early in that game. So the Miami Dolphins, I like them. They will challenge for a playoff spot. It is all dependent on how good Tua is to end the season. Remember, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson uh, went 7-1 and one, uh, with him when he was a rookie in the back half of their season made the playoffs the same could be true with the Miami Dolphins we will see uh, the Los Angeles Rams who the Miami Dolphins just beat I had to move them off the list uh, you know Jared Goff you know credit Miami's defense but also Jared Goff you got to take care of the football for crying out loud that game was over uh, you know pretty early in the second in the first um, half and uh, you know they just couldn't get it done uh, f- you know five of the wins against uh, what for the NFC East I believe and then they had another win I know they had the- they beat the Bears and all that there are some questions about them. Um, I still think that they will compete for a playoff spot, but they are not a finished product just yet. I like the defense a lot more than I like the offense. I didn't think that would be the case coming into the season. So kudos to that Rams defense. They And uh, I think the offense will get better too. I'm not freaking out on them, but I had to move them off the list. Other teams have earned their way on. Cleveland Browns, uh, they lose the wind game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, bad for the Browns, I guess. But, you know, I'm not going to really freak out about that. What I will say is they're a running team, and they got outran by the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they didn't have a lot of completions in that game. There were some drops. Obviously, wind was a factor. Uh, but the big question for me is what will this offense really look like in regular weather conditions without Odell Beckham? We're going to find out. The Las Vegas Raiders, who beat the Cleveland Browns in the previous week, uh, the Raiders, look, they play good football. They're always well coached. They have great game plans every week. Uh, they have some problems on the defense. This was this, the, the same case last year. I think their defense is better this year. However, there are still some problems on them in terms of competing for a Super Bowl this year. I do think, though, they are still going to compete, be competing for a playoff spot. To me, the biggest competition for that playoff spot 
isn't the Browns. It's the Miami Dolphins, and it's all contingent on whether or not Tua can play well enough for the Miami Dolphins to go on a run here to end the season. And lastly on this list, the Chicago Bears. Look, I've been saying that the Chicago Bears have a defense that can win a championship, but come on, offense, you got to get it going. It's just not good enough to crack my top 10 or 11 this week. So let's get to my top 10. Um, and again, top 11, because I have a tie for number 10 on my list. The number 10 team uh, teams, I should say, the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams have flaws. The Buffalo Bills, we thought their defense was set coming into the season. Well, it's not. Their defense has been average. I will say they show up and they make plays in crunch time and when it matters. But uh, as Shaquille O'Neal used to say, he used to make his free throws when it mattered. That's what he would always say. He'd shoot like 40% from the free throw line and then hit hit the free throw when it mattered. You got to play defense better. Buffalo, McDermott, the standards are higher there. The offense has finally caught up, and I would say the offense is outplaying the defense at this point. That's not what you would expect. Buffalo, there is room to improve, and that is the good news. And I think they can get there, but you know we're about halfway through the season, so we need to start seeing it. Indianapolis Colts, on the other hand, their defense is fantastic. I think they're the number two scoring defense in the league, somewhere in the top three, I think, um, along with Baltimore. Um, but the offense, it's getting better. They get Pittman Jr. back. Maybe this passing attack will get better, but Jonathan Taylor is now a little bit nicked up. Do they have to use Naheem Hines a little bit more? Uh, Phil Rivers, you know, look, he had to acclimate a little bit. He's playing better as well. So I do see steps forward from the Indianapolis Colts. They're one of these teams that only have two losses. They're five and two. They had a loss that was a little bit ugly and surprising to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they actually outplayed the Jaguars in week one. They they could very easily be a six and one or even an undefeated team. Razor thin here, razor thin here. But um, I shouldn't say that. The, the Cleveland Browns handed him a pretty good loss, a pretty good whipping um, in that game. But I think that might be the game when Leonard got hurt. I, I can't recall. But either way, the Colts, the defense is legit. Let's see the offense uh, improve, but I tend to think Indianapolis is going to be inching up this list. Number nine, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, look, I'm not shocked that Cincinnati won that game. I thought Cincinnati would cover the spread. The Tennessee Titans defense is a problem, just like the Buffalo Bills. In fact, I got to say, you know, the Buffalo Bills are looked a little bit better to me last week. Uh, but again, I'm not going to overreact to the loss. And let's face it, the Tennessee Titans beat the Buffalo Bills just a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm not going to move the Titans below the Bills. Um, but, you know, this offense, I'm a believer in the offense. The defense has got to show up. There are question marks. Uh, don't Not loving what I'm seeing. Number eight, the New Orleans Saints, along with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, now, the Indianapolis Colts lost that week one game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think in week two, the New Orleans Saints, maybe it was week three, lost on Monday night football to the Raiders. And once that happens, a lot of the NFL community, these early losses to teams that you're not expecting, you're thinking, ah, gosh, that didn't look good. But the Raiders are underrated. Um, and the, uh, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, they just had a good game plan going into the week. You know, J- uh, John, or J- I'm sorry, Jay Gruden is a good offensive coordinator. Now, the New Orleans Saints coming off that loss, people are like, ah, I don't know. But remember, we haven't seen Michael Thomas on, this, on the field since week one when they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going to be a huge test this week against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay now activating Antonio Brown. Tampa Bay has Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin is uh, questionable this week. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but Tampa Bay is a little bit healthier I think New Orleans needs Kamara, who's questionable. They need, obviously, Breeze, who's questionable. They need Michael Thomas, who's questionable, to be on the field. We're going to see what's going to happen. But New Orleans Saints, 5-2. and two. You can't ignore the New Orleans Saints. Number seven, coming off a of bye week, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we saw what they did against Seattle, handing Seattle their only loss of the year. Um, they've handled some pretty good teams so far this year. I like the defense especially. Now, the offense we knew would be fine. The defense and what Vance Joseph is doing, their attacking style, um, much, much better 
better than the Cardinals defense was last year. They are improving. And when a team, uh, a young team is improving at the rate that the Cardinals are improving, you got to pay attention to that. I like what the Cardinals are doing. I flirted with even moving them a little bit higher, but we'll see what happens this week. Number six, the Green Bay Packers, again, similar to the Tennessee Titans losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the Green Bay Packers losing to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not going to freak out about it. However, the Green Bay Packers lose weird games every now and then. Um, Obviously, they got housed by Tampa Bay, who is um, above them this week on the list. Last week, I had them below. Uh, This week, that is not the case. Uh, Tampa, or I'm sorry, Green Bay um, losing to the Minnesota Vikings. They couldn't stop the run. I am worried about that. They play the San Francisco 49ers um, as of the time of this recording tonight. I don't know what, you know, if you're picking this up a little bit later in the week, you know, we don't know what will happen. But the San Francisco 49ers are basically missing, you know, 10 of their top 11 players um, on this team between offense and defense. Green Bay Packers have got to put them away, but they can't stop the run. And what is the one thing San Francisco can do at this point is they can run the ball and then they can dish it out to their tight end at this point is Ross Dwelly. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen here, but the Green Bay Packers, it's time to its time to come back and, and assert themselves. They started undefeated, they've lost a couple games in a row, um, and they haven't looked great to me a couple games in a row. So we'll see. It's that run game, or that run defense specifically. And we'll see if Aaron Jones comes back as well. Number five, the Baltimore Ravens coming off their loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, you know, to me, there are good losses and there are bad losses. Um, this, this Steelers loss... As a better, I mean, you got to like it. They still had a chance at the end of the game. They're trying to, uh, Lamar Jackson tried to squeeze that ball into a window in the end zone. They had a chance. Pittsburgh is very, very good. Baltimore's defense is very good. Um, they need to open things up in the passing game. I'm curious to see what happens if and when Des Bryant ever gets activated. I'm not the biggest believer that he's going to make an impact. In fact, I thought he was overrated even in his prime. But for this team, it might make a lot of sense. A possession receiver, um, I think it could work out for them, but either way, what I'm trying to get at is Baltimore needs another layer in the passing game. Their running game is great. The defense is great. The special teams are great. They need to step it up in the passing game to compete with uh, you know other teams in the top five here. Number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, I'm not going to freak out. Like They laid an egg against New York Giants. That had trap game written all over it. They were heavily favored. I think maybe they were buying into their own hype. And the New York Giants defense is better than you think it is. Now, Tampa Bay is going to be up for the New Orleans Saints game. Think about this. This is a game that could decide the division. The New Orleans Saints already have the tiebreaker head-to-head. If they win and have a 2-0 advantage head-to-head, but also another division win and another division loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's a big deal. It, It really is. And then also, you look at the Saints, if you're talking about tiebreakers, New Orleans Saints' other loss at this point, um... Um, it, one of their losses is to the uh, the AFC opponent, the Raiders, who I was just talking about earlier. Tampa Bay, their losses are to Chicago and New Orleans thus far. If they go down, they're down a conference loss and two division losses. That's a big deal. We're talking about the end of the season here. Neither the Saints nor the Buccaneers are going to lose a lot of games. This is huge, uh, but I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be up for this game. We'll see what happens. Number three on this list, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They handled um, last week, they handled their business against the 49ers. Uh, Of course, the 49ers had some injuries in that game, but Seattle was up and in charge of that game. Uh, They rebounded very well uh, off that loss from the Seattle, uh, I'm sorry, against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Russ Wilson is just playing lights out, putting up one of the best seasons of all time. He is definitely my MVP vote unless he completely collapses on pace for 60 touchdown pass. I mean, he's just playing insane. He's playing every bit as well as Patrick Mahomes did a couple years ago. Every bit as well as Lamar Jackson, although with a different style. Uh, Russ, Russell Wilson, man, very good. And the Seattle Seahawks defense has not been full strength like all season long. 
they're going to get better defensively. I know I have questions about the Buffalo Bills defense, and by the way, Seattle and Buffalo play this week. Big statement game for both teams. Um, I'm a bigger believer that Seattle's defense um, can fix their issues. And I'm not saying they're going to be better than the Bills' defense, um, though they very well could be, but they will fix. I mean, they can improve five, six, seven points per game just by getting healthy um, and getting their secondary back there. So that'll be a big deal. I like Seattle. They're still my favorite to win the NFC this year. Although I got to say the Buccaneers match up very well against Seattle. I'd love to see that in an NFC championship game. It'd be a great game. Uh, Number two on my list, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Pittsburgh? Is it going to be Kansas City? It's got to be Kansas City at this point. Uh, Now look, if the playoffs started today, Kansas City really, really gets themselves up, geared up to play against their competition. What I do like from Kansas City is we're seeing them completely dominate worst teams. They're not coming out flat like they did against the Raiders, like they did against the Chargers. Um, they're coming out and they're beating teams. They're 7-1. and one. Um, I really think they were in cruise control for the first quarter of the season. They're looking like a championship team. Would I pick against them if the playoffs started today? Honestly, I wouldn't, but you got to give credit where credit is due to the number one team on the list, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had them before the season predicted to be in the AFC Championship game. I still have them in the AFC Championship game. There could be some matchup issues. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to respect them. They play the Dallas Cowboys, who are playing at this point their fourth string quarterback, who is now elevated against Danucci. Um, I can't even remember his name. It's Garrett something, I think. Garrett Gilbert or something. Something weird like that. I, honestly, I don't know. Um, I just saw it today, and I can't remember. But the Pittsburgh Steelers should go 8-0 easily. The Kansas City Chiefs um, heading into their bye week, you know. The Pittsburgh you got to give them credit, man. The defense is playing better. Um, it was a close game against a very good uh, Baltimore Ravens team. They beat the Tennessee Titans this year. Like, their strength of schedule is good. They completely dominated the Cleveland Browns, who are a pretty solid team. The Steelers are playing great football. They deserve to be number one with what they put on the field. Respect to Kansas City. Respect to Seattle. Respect to Tampa Bay. Respect to Baltimore. But Pittsburgh is just a layer ahead of everybody else right now. Uh, but, you know, the great thing about the NFL is everybody has to play each other. You don't just have to deal with rankings and pulling people into a championship game a la the college football system. I don't love the college football system. I love the NFL system. We get a a team that earns it on the field. You have to go through playoffs. You have to be beaten, and you have to win. So Pittsburgh Steelers, number one team on my list. There you go. There's a week of power rankings. Please comment below. What do you agree with? What don't you agree with? Tell me what your top five is and why, and I'd love to see those comments. Thanks, everyone. And we are back. So, yeah, man, Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Baltimore Ravens. Um, That was a close game convincing game for me you know you wanted to see Pittsburgh get it done but Seattle and Kansas City you can't count those teams out either so uh, a lot of good up at the top and Baltimore for that matter I mean you can't count them out or the Buccaneers you can't count any of these teams out man there's a lot of good in the football this season so there you go there you go uh, this weekend, dude, so we have Notre Dame, who's number four in the country, versus Clemson, which we don't talk a lot of college football, and I don't think we'll spend a lot of time talking on it. But it's interesting to me because I don't know what's up with Trevor Lawrence. I know he got COVID, so I don't know if he's going to be out for this game. But if there's ever a game where Notre Dame, who both you and I um, at least grew up Notre Dame fans, I don't know you know, how much of a Notre Dame fan you are anymore, probably about <laughs> yeah. as much as me, which is I don't really even watch the team anymore. Um, if there's ever a game where Notre Dame has to win and this is like a statement, man, if they lose this game to Clemson's backup quarterback, if that's what ends up happening, come on, you know, come on. Yeah. And I don't know. I have a feeling I haven't heard anything, but I have a feeling Trevor Lawrence will probably be available. To I play, think so. Uh, this game. Um, I don't think, uh, I think they were probably, you know, overly cautious to make sure that they got him out early enough last week to, uh, you know, go through the whole protocol to, yeah, they probably have him quarantined, away from campus in a hotel somewhere 
holed up, you know, nice and hotel. not allowed to leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably owned by this one guy's, of the boosters. This guy is not sitting in his dorm room or whatever, you know, having visitors right now. <laughs> they have taken him and put him somewhere. You know, the interesting thing for the 2021 NFL draft is right now, and I'm going to be putting out a mock draft. I don't know. I might even start. I'm going to do like a YouTube community thing and all that stuff. But what I'm doing is I'm taking all the records because we're only halfway through the season. I'm taking all the records and putting them in. And then also, you know, teams that are tied. The way I'm breaking that tie is I'm going to um, use Vegas odds to win the Super Bowl, right? So the, the people mm-hmm. at the worst odds get the earlier pick, I'm thinking. So um, number one pick right now, I don't know that it'll shake out this way, but the number one pick is the New York Jets. And they have Sam Darnold. You got to figure they're going to get rid of Adam Gase by the end of the year. Oh, not by the end of the year, but after the season's over. Because the last thing, Sam, I want to do if I'm the New York Jets is switch to an interim head coach, when I, which I'm assuming would be Greg Williams. And Greg Williams like runs off three or four wins and screws her draft. Yeah, up. yeah. That's what's happening to the Falcons right now. And, by the way, the Houston Texans will go on a similar run. Just look at their schedule. Their schedule opening was brutal. The last part of their schedule opens up for them. Houston's going to go on a run. Minnesota's going to go on a run. Atlanta's going to go on a run. So the Jets, I mean, this pick, the only way they can biff this, I think, is to fire Adam Gase and put an interim head coach in charge. But the interesting thing is I don't think Sam Darnold's a bad quarterback, dude. Like, he really hasn't had a lot going for him in this organization. So I don't know what happens. I really don't know what happens here because (laughs) – and, and like usually I have an opinion. My opinion this time is everybody says Trevor Lawrence is a once in a decade type talent. The last guy with this kind of hype was, hype was Andrew Luck. The guy prior to Andrew Luck with that kind of hype was Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Prior to Peyton Manning, it was John Elway. So that gives you an idea of the hype coming out. And yes, I know right. Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning's a year had hype, but it wasn't the same. So um, yeah, man, like this is like a truly a once in a decade hype prospect i feel like you got to take him oh they're gonna take him you got it and you know if darnold you know like you like we both said you know darnold's not a bad uh yeah it's not a bad player you know but that might be good they can get something for him you know on a on a open trademark i don't know how many years he has left is he still on his rookie deal right yeah he's got to be yeah yeah Yeah. so um yeah they, they should be able to pull him but yeah new york you know new york market going after uh you know, a uh, a player like that, um, at least with the hype behind him, um, and you know, obviously he's a, he's a good, he's a really good quarterback. Absolutely, uh, but th- they would they would definitely they definitely want to do that. You know, and and I'm sure there are New York Jets fans watching this on YouTube. So comment below. Let me know what you think, what your what your thoughts are. But here, let me lay mine out. Is when you have the all decade guy, you got to take him. And that's like when the Indianapolis Colts, when Peyton Manning was injured, they still had Manning on the roster, but they had they were staring Andrew Luck in the face. You got to make that pick. And so they moved him on. Denver won a Super Bowl, and I think the Indianapolis Colts. Let's let's face it. If they had any semblance of an offensive line when Andrew Luck was there for the first like five years. I mean, they just ran Andrew Luck's career into the ground, and he got so beat up early that he wanted to to run to Europe and you know hang out and smoke you know cigarettes with the French people. I don't know where he is these days, but um, you know Andrew Luck, he just didn't feel like getting pounded anymore. And a calf injury of all things was the was the straw that broke the camel's back for him. But you know New York, what bothers me is that Adam Gase has been so putrid as his people skills are awful, and he mm-hmm. they basically just jettisoned all of their Pro Bowl talent. Because he, Adam Gase could not get along with him. And I think Greg Williams has some culpability with that, too, because these are defensive players, too. 
Um, right. And Greg Williams, if you follow his trajectory in his career, I mean, he basically wears people thin. It's almost like John Harbaugh, who's in Michigan. I mean, uh-huh. um, or Jim. I can't remember. John. I think John's in Baltimore. Jim's in John, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, the, uh, Jim Harbaugh wears people thin. So you have like a shelf life when you get these people in the organization. So New York Jets, you got to figure they're going to can Gase. I mean, it would be a shock to me if they didn't. Uh, and like I said, Atlanta will go on a run. Raheem Morris is trying to get an NFL coaching job. He's not going to tank. Believe me. Like, he's got – he had the failure in Tampa Bay. He does not want to fail with his his um, audition at this point for the other NFL teams. I would think the New York Jets are going to go one of, what, three ways, right? They're going to either hire Eric Bieniemy, uh from Kansas City, who's the odds-on favorite. But the problem with Bieniemy, like um, McDaniels in, in New England for so many years, is that – um, they're going to make a deep playoff run, so I don't know that New York will have the patience for that. Arthur Smith, who is my actually favorite offensive coordinator um, in the league in Tennessee, or they will go with, um, I think, possibly Brian Dable, who I think isn't getting the buzz right now, but will with Buffalo, with what he's done there, especially with Josh Allen, who is a raw passer. Or maybe they could they could try to branch up the McDaniels tree, although I think that would be a massive mistake. So anyway, any of these new guys coming in, I figure it'll be offensive, and they're probably going to start fresh with a quarterback. So the question is, like, what do you do with Darnold? For me, what I do with a new coach, depending on what the new coach thinks, is I do what the San Diego uh, Chargers did with Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. Is Everybody was down on Drew Brees back then. People forget, even before the shoulder injury, they thought Drew Brees was, was a bust. He has a great season, then hurts his shoulder. They let him hit free agency. Miami passed on him. Now he's been with the Saints, and he's a Hall of Famer. At this point, I think he's second all-time in touchdown passes behind Tom Brady, but they traded every week. So you could keep both for a season, let Lawrence just sit back, and hopefully let Darnold with a new coach and you know a non-toxic organizational structure and coaching staff maybe flourish and maybe try to trade him. Maybe get a compensatory pick if he hits free agency. But I don't know. I, you know, I have all the teams, the NFL teams behind me. I don't know what NFL teams at this point would trade for Darnold. Chicago? You know, I'm, I, seriously, I'm reeling them off. I'll reel yeah. them off in my head right now. New England would be interesting, but the Jets won't trade him to, to New England. They, w- they won't do that. <laughs> New England would be interesting because I think Cam's a disaster. Um, Buffalo, no. Miami, no. If Miami's going to do anything other than Tua, they're going to use the, their cache of picks and take another quarterback. Maybe right. even trade up and try trade up with the Jets and try to get uh, Lawrence, but they're not going to trade for Darnold. Then you go through Cleveland. I think they're an interesting thought, but it's Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Their careers are about the same. Um, I think Darnold's better, but you know people disagree, and I'll disagree with them. Nobody else in the North: Burrow, Jackson, Roethlisberger. Nobody's going to do that. Pittsburgh would be interesting, actually, just to stash them. But Darnold's contract comes up too too early, and I think Roethlisberger will play that contract, so it doesn't make sense. Then you got Jacksonville, maybe Jacksonville. Houston won't. They have Deshaun Watson. Indianapolis would be interesting to me. Phillip Rivers isn't going to play forever. Might not even play past this season. Um, who's the other one there? Tennessee, I don't think they do. They, they signed Tannehill. They're, they're fine. Yeah. You go to the West, um, the Chargers like Herbert. The Raiders, um, they hate everybody. So Derek Carr's <laughs> playing the best season of his career. They're going to hate him anyway, but I don't think they'll trade for Darnold. Uh, Chiefs, come on. No way. <laughs> Denver would be interesting to me because I don't really love Drew Locke. I think Darnold's better than Locke. But I, I don't know that the, that the Broncos would agree with that, especially when you're talking about trade value. Mm-hmm. You go to the, uh, the East. 
I think if we've seen anything with the Dallas Cowboys and, and what's been happening since Dak Prescott's been injured, they're a disaster without Dak Prescott. They will figure out a way to pay Dak Prescott. That's in. Washington would be a good landing spot for me, except you're talking about trading toxic culture for toxic culture. Washington will, uh, you know, the Jets are doing their best to ruin Sam Darnold. The Washington football team will complete that process. They'll put the final nails in the coffin. Uh, The Giants, I think Darnold is way better than Daniel Jones, but I don't know that the Giants, um, again, you're talking about trade. Um, Gosh, if I'm the Giants, I would try to make that move. New York franchise, New York. Darnold wouldn't even have to move. That would be nice for for Darnold. (laughs) Um, the Eagles, I have my questions on Wentz, but they drafted a guy in the second round, um, Hurts, and he's not going to be there. Then you go to Detroit. I think Detroit should make the move, but they're not going to. I think Kansas, uh, Minnesota should make the move, but they're not going to. Green Bay won't. And um, Chicago, like I said, Chicago to me is like the, the slam dunk team. They should make the move, but who knows what the, the heck's going to happen with them. You go to the South. Um, I think... Carolina is fine enough with Bridgewater that they won't go up the uh, the Darnold tree. The Saints and the um, the Bucks, I don't think they will. Be interesting if they do and stash them, but I think mm-hmm. particularly the Saints because I think Brady will actually outplay in terms of years. I think he'll outplay Breeze. Yeah. And then you got the um, – who's the other team? There? Oh, the Falcons. Um, if I'm the Falcons, honestly, I'm trying to trade Matt Ryan. I'm doing the same thing. I'm blowing it up. But they're going to win too many games this year. And Arthur Blank, he's very patient. So I think he'll keep Matt Ryan. Then you go to the NFC West. They're stacked at quarterback. Um, you could make the argument that San Francisco would take a flyer on him if he was a cheap trade. But if then you're the Jets, then you're like, why trade him cheap? Let me start Darnold for the season. Let him play well, and I'll trade him in midseason or something like that. Like the Patriots right. did with uh, Garoppolo. Seahawks, no. Rams, no. And uh, Arizona Cardinals, no. So you got a handful of teams that would make sense, but these teams aren't going to be like, hey, let me give you my first rounder for Darnold. They're not going to do that. So then it's like the Jets. You're looking at a second, third, fourth round pick somewhere in there. My guess, his trade value, because the Jets would take Lawrence, I know the other teams would negotiate down, a lot of teams would be offering like a third round pick with um, benefits that would upgrade to like a number one or something like that. I don't don't think the Jets should make that move. So I I think it's very likely... Not maybe very likely, but I would say it's 50-50 for me at this point that maybe Darnold and Lawrence are both on the roster next year. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, the Jets could say, screw it. We're just going to get like seven first-round picks because Trevor Lawrence is that good. Remember, the Rams built their whole Super Bowl team trading um, trading with Washington back like three spots, and they got like three first-round picks, including that one that they traded back for. Yeah. They got Aaron Donald, I think, with one of those picks or something like that. It was around that same time. So the Jets could just say, hey, we're, we're actually going to give him support this time with a good coaching staff. We're going to you know, rule out this toxic environment. They do have some weapons in the passing game. Um, they traded away all their weapons in the defensive side. Maybe they trade him for like four first-round picks or something like that, that number one pick. Could, that could be too, and I don't think that would be a mistake necessarily. So it's interesting. Jets fans, comment below. Let me know what you want to happen because I think they're going to be in that position. I think they're going to get that number one pick based on some other teams going on a run. Right. Yeah, anyway. What do you got, Sam? What's going on? Man, um, yeah, I mean, Halloween was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little, little Halloween. I liked your costume. It was a yep. family one. as a nice Family costume. Uh, I like the family costume. Yeah. Um, yeah, weather was great here. It got, like, really chilly, you know, the oh, night before. Nice. 
So it was, and when it's chilly, you know, less like, bugs are out too. Cause you always get, yeah, it was like, yeah, out. it was probably like 65 out, which is, you know, you know, before the week before it was nineties. So, um, it's always nice. You know, we've had a nice little cool front here this week. So it's, uh, it's always a beautiful thing. Good so, timing. Other than that, man, uh, just, yeah, I'm trying to think what I've been watching on, uh, Netflix and watch the Hubie Dubois, uh, <laughs> Hubie Doobie, uh, Hubie movie. Doobie. Um, which was good, man. I like that one, man. You know, it was, it was dumb, but you know, I like how, you know, Sandler still has the same cast of characters in the movies. Um, he takes care of his buddies, doesn't he? I was happy to see uh, Stiller in the beginning playing Hal from, you know, uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Two Happy Gilmores because the lead actress was from Happy Gilmore in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, no, that was, that was, it was good to see. Um, yeah, man. Other than that, just just grinding. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working too. Um, you know, things are going okay on, on my front. I have enough you know stuff to kind of keep me keep me liquid through the uh, through through the holiday season, which is very nice. Um, you know, got to buy a bunch of Christmas presents. You know, it's a thing when you have big families on kind of different sides and all <laughs> that stuff. Is it ends up you, you you go through the annual budget like, geez, I need to save like thousands of dollars to pay for freaking buy presents for everybody i better be getting yeah, that crazy. back you gotta do the cost benefit yeah right <laughs> yeah do the george costanza thing where i'll donate money to the human funds on their behalf but it's not like a real charity i devote i i, I you know let's uh let's let's come together for the human fund and, and donate a thousand dollars every year uh, speaking you know it is that time of year if you're uh you know a giving person or you know, I know this year has been really tough on everybody in the economy and all that stuff. It's it's sucked. And you know, certainly, you know, our audience. Um, interestingly, Sam, like the podcast audience, our podcast does well, but industry wide, and I'm talking about podcasts across the board, have lost like 30 percent of their audience because there's been less commute to work. You know, mm. so less people playing in the rotation and all that stuff, and that that affects in terms of sponsorship numbers and stuff. Like we felt the burn. We have and. Um, right. You know, that goes for fantasy football stuff, like the the will-they-won't-they-play thing with the NFL. That hurt. I mean, especially in the book sales, man, that hurt. Thankfully, it kind of closed out okay once it was apparent, but that really hurt the early. So anyway, everybody's feeling the crunch, us included. Um, but if you do have any extra money to give this year, one of my favorite things to do, I don't like to, vote, uh, to you know, do um, polarizing charities, you know, because that ends up being political, and I don't like to do that. The the two apolitical charities that I think everybody can get behind are March of Dimes or anything involving you know kids or underprivileged kids, feeding kids or anything like that. And um, so March of Dimes is is one of mine because I you know as a parent and you know this too. Can you imagine like if your kid needed medical attention? It's just a bummer. So if you can right. do something for a family that's going through something like that this time of year, I like that. And then I also like. Um, you know, the Ronald McDonald fund, again, talking about kids, like what, a, what an awful hand to be dealt, give some light in that darkness yeah. of a time, Ronald McDonald yeah. fund, you know, make a wish, any of these things that can help kids out when they're going through a rough patch or families with kids going through a rough patch. I'm all about that. There's no political stuff behind it. Everybody, Democrat, Republican, all this stuff. I know what's going on in the news. Sam and I are purposely avoiding it right now. But if there's one thing everybody should be able to come, come together on, it's like helping people. In, in that kind of spot. Um, so if you're a charitable person, I always give those to those at the end of the year. I don't even have any money. <laughs> I'm making negative money, but I'll still donate because, you know, I have faith that uh, things will come out on the other side. So there you go. Yeah, man, but grinding. Just grinding. Grind, YouTube's man. going well. YouTube's going well. Thank goodness. Yeah. Jeez, at least something is. <laughs> 
Bro, on YouTube, man, I went down a rabbit hole of like off grid YouTube uh, okay. people. You oh, know, yeah. like Yeah. But not the ones that like glamorize it or anything, like dudes that are like building cabins like out in the woods with like no yeah. like real tools. No tools, know, like, or just tool. dovetailing yeah. the wood the, the to timbers together and putting mud up there to insulate Bro, and all that. They get they get my subscription and I'm all about it every time. Well what's I'm that? Like, Is it alone that we've been watching? Is that the show? Oh, alone, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I watched that, and like, I think the well, not not anymore since the family. I mean, my my whole life is my family, so mm-hmm. I I'd I'd crumble. I'd make it through a night just to do it, maybe even a week. But there's no way I would last any longer than that. Just mentally, I'd be broken. But prior to that, if I was a younger guy without like that, you know, pulling me mm-hmm. back, I the 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 solitude, I would have no problem with that. You know, right. none. If I was like still single, like if I was in my late twenties, I'd be fine. And I'm telling you, I could build a shelter, no problem. Mm-hmm. I think what would get me, honestly, is mosquitoes. I can't well, deal it with. Depends. It. Depends where you're at, you know. And if you're getting them, you know, like the alone ones where they're in the Arctic, man, you're not having any mosquitoes up yeah. there, really. Or the know? the Patagonia year. I, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. I, I would, yeah, cold. Whatever, dude. Whatever. I I would I would ace that test, no problem. Uh, yeah. Then it becomes it comes down to how much food do you have and can you get enough fats in your body um, at that point. So uh-huh. yeah, but those those guys, it was interesting. So one of the the projects I took on earlier this year, again, just kind of survival mode, get get some money in the door. Is you know some guy wanted to create with COVID and all this stuff going on, he wanted to create like an online survival summit because it's like when the runs in the grocery stores were starting to happen nationwide. And it's like okay, uh-huh. well if the grocery store runs out of food, what the hell do you do? You know, 95% of the American population would be like, uh, go to the next grocery store. <laughs> yeah, like right. I, I didn't – I remember looking at that and I remember thinking, geez, I don't have an answer. So I bought a bunch of canned goods, which I've been slowly working my way through <laughs> for the rest of the year. Right. But one of the things I had to do is reach out to these YouTube channels that are like wildery, you know, like outdoor survival channels and working mm-hmm. with these guys. And all of them were out. You know, I was trying to get through to them. They're like, you know, two months later, I get an email back and they're like, oh, sorry, I was in the wilderness. <laughs> Checked an email for the first time in a month, and they're like, they're like, well, I don't recognize you. You're not in the the wilderness and the survival community, so I don't want to do anything with you. It was very, it was very much, um, old boys club, I guess. You know, not that all of them were, were guys, but it's just like if you're not in the club already, then we don't want you in the club, kind of vibe, right, which I get. Right, right. You know, they were right. trying to yeah. this company I was working with. They were trying to make a buck, and the people knew it. They diagnosed it. They said no, thank you. So mm-hmm. more power to them. But yeah, man, that show and anything building the shelter, I would love to do that. Yeah, man, I just think it's cool. Like this one guy I follow, he, you know, like he just bought like this piece of land. Um, I think he's somewhere in uh, Canada, just based on the accent. Um, he's not saying like where it's at or anything. Sure. He's just he's just building it out. <laughs> so he's got like a little, um, like a little cabin, and then he built like like an even smaller little cabin like up on stilts it's kind of like this like the food shelter thing. yeah he's got a foot and then he built a root cellar oh, um okay. he dug his own pond which yeah irrigates like, so, right yeah he's got a he's now he's got ducks there and <laughs> he built a smoker he built a pizza oven so like just on different like little plots of this land he's just building projects people watch the projects which he's getting like millions of views yeah. now yeah. and like so it's monetized yeah so the projects are being paid for basically by the people watching it 
And you know what? A lot of that too, the materials are probably paid for by sponsors. Right. You know, use my hammer, use my whatever. Well, yeah, he got like a little like wood burning oven and like he just did like a, maybe like a 10 second thing on it. It was like, Hey, listen, like this company sent me this. Yeah. It works cool. It's good. He didn't, it's not like he was like, all right, we'll go to this website. And he's like, Hey, listen, this company cubic, this thing is awesome. It gives off a lot of heat. They sent me these cool mugs with it too. And yeah. So now he just like uses the mugs when he makes his coffee or whatever. And it's just like, all right, there's another advertisement for this cubic thing. So yeah, man. I just think it's cool. It is cool. And you know what the the next level for this guy too, if he wanted to, is he could all these things that he's building, he could sketch them out and create like a little workbook and sell those things on the like Amazon uh-huh. or something like that and make a killing. And he just say, Hey, just go ahead and Go to this link below on my, my show video. Um, it'll show you the plans if you want to build something like this. Boom. Done. Yep. That's it. So that's the game, brother. That's the game. That's it, man. And, like, and this guy's like, just doing whatever he wants. Yep. Freedom, right? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I think we can close the show I'll out say, there, I'll buddy. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Do. I, so like, you I like watching that stuff. You know I do. Yeah, man. This guy, yeah. He, like, he has trial and error because you can tell he's, like, a handy guy. Mm-hmm. But he's like, hey, listen, like, I've never built, like, a smoker before. So, like, Let's see. I'm going to try to build a smoker. And then one night they had meat that was too big in there. It tripped down. And the whole thing went up in flames. And he's like, oh, well, I learned from that. Like, <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't put a 25-pound piece of meat in my small smoker. Yeah, so right. So he's just like, it's like trial and error stuff. Like, all right, I, now I need to go and create this to not have that happen. Right, right. You know, so it's pretty cool. It's fun, man. I like that stuff. I like that stuff. All right, dude, I think we can end it there. You got anything else for the crowd before we head out? Nah, broski, everyone be good, man. Be good. Be good to each other. Learn from each other. Respect each other. People can have different opinions, everyone. You know, it's exactly. okay. You know, somebody, here's, here's the takeaway I've been thinking about this week, of all weeks. You can disagree with someone, and you can disagree with their opinion, but that doesn't mean both of you can't win. It doesn't have to be I win, you lose all the time. And that's where we are as a country right now. I hate it. Anyway, everybody, have a great week. Be good. Be good. Welcome to, Welcome the, podcast. to the podcast. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, who they be? Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports holic. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, who they be? Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast.